The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. The mic works better when it's powered on. So does your life. Yeah, I have a long history of doing things without the necessary fuel or power or charge. Um, we were, I was driving back from Pennsylvania at kind of the peak when Maryland had given a break on taxes for gas. And so the difference between PA's gas prices and Maryland's was like uh, like 50 cents, which was gonna save me like $30, you know? Um, and so I, I was coming home and like I was on, I mean, absolutely on it. Like I'm the guy who pushes it past the line and it was past the line. I was like, I, I gotta get to Maryland. I, mean, I don't care if I have to push my car, I'm not paying the extra money. And, uh, and, and that's exactly what happened. I ran out of gas. <laughs> but I had already crossed the Maryland line. So I coasted for two miles. Seriously, it was impressive. I was proud of myself. I was like, this is epic. This is gonna become a story. And so I coast and I'm coasting and I get off the exit. I coast all the way down. I mean, I almost made it to a gas. I mean, it would have been pretty epic if I coasted right up to a gas pump, but I didn't ended up on the side of the road, and then I had to do the embarrassing thing of knocking on doors, asking people for gas, and I did, I mean, I made it here. So I did, I, I, I got a guy to give, you know, lend me a gas can, got it fueled up. But it was like, you know, maybe you're like that. You're pushing and pushing, and you know you're running on E. Maybe you've stalled out. Maybe your life is just coasting, but you can feel it. There's no strength, there's no power, there's no force when you push on the pedal. You're just coasting. You feel like you're running out. Like you, you'll say, I don't got anything left. I got nothing to offer. Maybe, maybe there's nothing left in your marriage or nothing left in your, your workplace. And so you, you just feel like you're coasting. This is a, ra- a daily practice in our home. We, my wife and I each have um, these electric toothbrushes. And uh, so here, here's the routine. Not that we brush our teeth, like obviously, but um, uh, for whatever reason, I, every night, here's my, pr- I brush my teeth and then I stick it back on the charger so that it's charged the next morning. Laura's got a lot going on. And so for whatever reason, she puts hers next, just uh, next to the sink, but not on the charger. So then when she goes to brush her teeth again, the battery's dead, and so then she takes mine, and she puts her head on it, and then she brushes her teeth, and then guess where mine ends up? So then I come in and use my toothbrush, and I'm like, Laura's head is on it. I guarantee it's not charged. And then I try to use it, and I'm like, it's like, nee. And then I gotta manually brush my teeth with an electric toothbrush. And some of you all are trying to manually do things that were meant to be powered. You're trying to push a car that's meant to run on gas. You're you're taking a power tool. There you go, right? 
and you're trying to, you're trying to use the screwdriver manually when it was meant to be powered. So you're living your life powerless. Purpose is hard to live powerless. Marriage becomes vastly more challenging, powerless. Parenting, it's hard, powerless. Hard enough with power. Impossible, powerless. In fact, life becomes impossible, powerless. Jesus foresaw that he was gonna be crucified. And so he gathered close friends and followers together and he began to tell them, one of my closest friends is gonna betray me. Peter, you're gonna deny me. And I'm gonna be crucified, put to death. Then I'm gonna leave. And his disciples are heartbroken. And so to encourage them, the story is recorded in the Gospel of John, included in the Bible as an eyewitness account. John records that Jesus said this in chapter 14, verse 12. He said, Jesus spoke, said, very, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater, do me a favor, everybody say greater, greater, greater things than these because I am going to the Father. In essence, what Jesus was saying was, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like I could actually see Jesus pulling a Spencer and, and having everybody kind of join him and saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. Was Jesus suggesting that he had walked on water and he took one lunch and fed tens of thousands of people? He healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, uh, strengthened paralyzed legs and raised the dead that he was like, yeah, you're gonna do vastly greater things than those? no. Jesus wasn't talking about the quality of miracles. He was talking about quantity. He was saying, look, if it's just me, I can only do the miracles that I can do. But if I leave, I can put a little bit of me in every one of you. And when all of you are doing what I've done, greater things than these will happen. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm just getting started. All right, some of you are trying to catch on. So he goes, but here's the deal. Some of you are gonna live your lives using an electric toothbrush manually. You're gonna try to use the power screwdriver with no power in it. So he goes, so let me encourage you. Chapter 16, John records Jesus continuing his teaching. He says, rather you are filled with grief. You're upset because I'm telling you I'm leaving because I've said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If I leave, every one of you get a charge. Every one of you get access to the power. Jesus is challenging his closest friends and followers and us today that life just looks different when it's powered. Live powered by the Holy Spirit. Your life was meant to live powered by the Holy Spirit. 
Your life was not meant to be powered. If you're driving a car that runs on normal gas, you don't put diesel in it. I, when I'm working in the yard, we got a couple different power tools. I, I ask one of my, or not power tools, but you know, like fuel, uh, you know, tools, right? I, I'm running my weed whacker and I ask one of the boys to go get me a gas can, right? Like, hey, go get me fuel. But some of them aren't paying attention and so they come back with the big gas can that's only got gas in it. I'm like, no, 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 I need the little one that's got the two-cycle oil in it, right? Because if you put the wrong fuel in the tool, it will destroy it. Here's what happens. Because you and I have lived our lives and we've coasted to a stop or we're coasting or we're out of a charge, what we do is we go looking for someone else's charge. We go trying to borrow someone else's fuel or we go sticking fuel in our engine that never belonged in our engine. We start pouring the wrong kind of fuel. We start using addictions or life controlling habits. We start using lust and sex to fuel our heart. We start using relationships to power us the kind of things that were never meant to source our life. And when you use anything but God to be the power of your life, you've put an idol in the place of God and it becomes sin. Sin is a spiritual emptiness, a spiritual curse that leaves us emptied and bankrupt and depleted and then gives us a desire to fill with something that will never fill. You try to fill with things that don't fuel and you, it doesn't just leave you empty, it destroys you. There's some of you that know exactly what I'm talking about. You put things in your life because you were trying to fill what would not fuel and instead of it fueling your life, it destroyed your life and so not only are you stalled on the side of the road but now you're devastated and destroyed. That's sin. But God but God intervened in our life by becoming one of us. Jesus took on our eternal death sentence. The eternal judgment that every one of us face, he took on himself. He took on our sin and the eternal death we deserve. So he died once for all so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven. The, the broken, destroyed engine fully restored. You're given forgiven and given new life. Jesus didn't just stay dead though, he rose from the dead, victorious, setting you free from the power of sin, victorious, giving you new and forever life so that you don't just live in this life, you're, you're, you have the promise of eternal life with God. Some of you have been trying to power your life with things that will never satisfy, things that will never fill or fuel. And the only answer it's Jesus. I'm confident that there are so many of you that know exactly what I mean. You're stuck and stalled, you're on E. And you want a fresh start. Like me, you need someone to hand you that gas can and say, here you go, right? What Jesus does is he offers himself to fill and fuel us. When we believe in Jesus by faith, it's not Jesus that comes in our heart, it's God's spirit that enters into our eternal invisible spirit. And when you have God's spirit in your spirit, you're given new and forever life. And can I just pause for a moment and invite you, if that's where you're at right now, you're, maybe you've tried religion, maybe you've done church, 
but have you done relationship with God? Where you're, you're reconnected where you belong and the, and the power of God and the source of God begins to flow into your life again. It, if that's where you're at today, can I encourage you just to make a commitment saying yes to Jesus by faith, welcoming God's spirit into your spirit. And if you're saying yes to Jesus, would you let us know? You can let us know by simply uh, scanning that QR code that's gonna come up on the screen. Maybe just, just uh, uh, you know, take, uh, open up your phone to, and go to the form, fill that out, and one of our pastors will follow up with you when you complete that form. Because we wanna encourage you as you begin this new journey of God because you were not meant to do this alone. As I said, when you believe in Jesus by faith, it's God's eternal invisible spirit that comes into your eternal invisible spirit. And what that means is you are getting plugged into the Holy Spirit. Get plugged into the Holy Spirit. You need to get connected to the source of God in your life. Now, some of you, even as I've started talking about this, are a little creeped out by it. Because, because this isn't the first time you've heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you grew up, you heard about the Holy Ghost. You were like, hmm, sounds creepy and weird. Maybe some of you have been in places where you were told about the Holy Spirit, and then you saw weird and bizarre things happen, and it made you push away and go, I don't want anything to do with this Holy Spirit. Maybe you've watched preachers or evangelists on TV or online, and, and, and you got kind of turned off by the whole thing. So let, let, me, let me explain to you what it means to get plugged into the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force, and he will never force himself on you. The Holy Spirit must be invited into our life. We willingly put ourselves into the place where we are connected with God. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. The, what that means is if you're trying to describe God, who is God? Well, we have one God who has revealed himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now you're allowed to go, huh? You're allowed to do that. Why? Because if you ever talk with somebody who's like really educated in their field of expertise and they start geeking out on their field of expertise and you're like, can you talk in my terms? And then they try to explain it in like layman's terms. And as they're explaining, you're kind of like, I kind of get it. That's kind of what God's doing here. All right. He's going, look, this is how I want you to capture, right? If God is God, then trying to define him and explain him should be really hard because he's God, right? Like if we could easily and adequately define God, maybe he's not God. So the God of all the universe, like for example, explain infinity to a kid. Like he always was. Huh? And always will be. Why? Because we live in a finite time, right? We live in the dimension of time. And so we understand everything through the concept of time. And so the idea of something existing outside of time seems impossible to us, right? Like you're trying to describe something that we can't comprehend. But God, if God created time, then he existed before time was a thing. He created a dimension, and he lived outside of it. 
I kind of get that, right? Well, that, that, that's the Trinity, right? The Trinity is one God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit, one of his key purposes is to lift up high Jesus in our lives and in the world we live in. The Holy Spirit helps us worship God. He draws people to believe in Jesus. He is at work in your life, helping you become more like Jesus. So we need to get plugged into and powered by the person of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus described the Holy Spirit, he goes, I'm gonna send you another who is like me. We have the same values, the same characteristics, the same qualities, the same love, the same compassion, the, the same desires, but we're different. If you have Jesus, you have Jesus with you, but if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit in you. So Jesus says, I've got to leave because it's better if I leave because you not only have me with you, but now you have me in you. You and I need to get plugged into and be powered by the Holy Spirit in our life. In fact, interestingly, the word that Jesus used when he said, I'm going to send you another who is like me, it's actually just a similar word or almost the same word that's used biblically for the word wife. So this word paraclete, it means someone who comes alongside who is very much like me, but not exactly me. It, in essence, Jesus said, I'm gonna send you my spirit who's gonna come alongside you and comfort you and strengthen you and help you and heal you and restore you and transform you. I'm gonna plug you in. And you're not just gonna have Jesus standing next to you. You're gonna have the spirit of Jesus in you. So you don't have to be afraid of the work of Jesus in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus continues, he explains this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you, a paraclete. And he will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm not abandoning you. I will come to you, not physically, in human form, but I'm gonna to come to you in the spiritual form. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Here is the key, that you and I need to live the spirit-filled life. A good way of picturing this is imagine you have an empty glass and you take a pitcher of water and you're pouring it and the water fills the glass. When you believe in Jesus by faith, your life is filled with God's Holy Spirit. But then what happens? Like my, if you're like my boys, they spill water and milk all the time. It is, I, I never have a dry pair of socks on because I walk in the kitchen and sure enough, there's a pile, of, you know, there's a puddle of water on the floor and so you gotta wipe it up and they seem to want me to use my socks to wipe it up, right? Why? Because life has a tendency to cause the water to spill out and as you go through life, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's spilling out of you, but I'm saying you and I tend to allow things to spill out of us um, and so what we need to do is have a regular filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives so we live full of the Spirit. When you have the Spirit in your life, when you live a Spirit-filled life, it means that you are fully connected to the Spirit of God. You are um, you're connected to the source of God's presence. You're, you're, you're connected to the charge or the power of God. 
You're connected, right? How do you live connected in a relationship with God? You spend time in relationship with God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in his word, right? This is the word of God. This is how God reveals himself to and through us. This is how God guides, how God comforts, right? God's word becomes alive in your life. But you gotta spend time being charged by the word of God. You gotta spend time being, spending time in prayer, in worship, in thought, with God. Solitude, fasting and prayer, right? As we spend time in relationship with God, we are, we are connected to God. We're being charged by God. We're being filled with the spirit of God. And then what begins to happen? Once you have, as you have the spirit of God in you, he begins to affect you. So we know as we read through scripture what the Holy Spirit does. He, he comforts us. You need a hug. You need someone to care for you. You need someone to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is already in you to give you more comfort than anyone could ever provide. You need counsel? All in favor of you getting counsel, professional counsel, come see a pastoral counselor, absolutely. But you know what I have found? Better than anyone else could ever offer me is the counsel that comes from the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the counselor, the Holy Spirit speaks Patrick Ease. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sometimes like there's somebody just says the exact thing you needed to hear. And, and there's almost like no way they could have known that they were saying it in a way that only you could hear. I feel like the, the presence of God in your life has the ability, he has the ability to say things in a way that you understand better than anyone else. And he could say it in a way that if anybody else said it, you would be totally offended and hurt and you couldn't even hear them. But if the Holy Spirit says it, because he's the counselor, it's like you go, oh, I needed to hear that. He's not only counselor, he's guide. He can lead you in the decisions that you couldn't make on your own. But boy, you get the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and, and, and direct your decisions. He's your strength when you feel weak. He's fuel when you feel empty. He's, your, he's the transforming agent in your life. Some of you, you've created a, a personal growth plan. You've, you're going to the gym. You're trying to eat, right? You've got all these plans about how you're going to grow yourself. You, you know what's better than trying to grow yourself? Allow the Holy Spirit to grow you. He wants to change you into what you can never be on your own. But you gotta allow, you gotta live the spirit-filled life so that the Holy Spirit is transforming you. You know what his primary goal is? in transforming you to help you become like Jesus. More of Jesus in you. More of the character and the quality and the nature of Jesus in you. But let's not stop there because Jesus didn't stop there. In chapter 14, verse 12, he said this, and they will do even greater. Everybody say greater. Thank you, those of you joining us online. You are ready to go do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. In essence, you ain't seen nothing yet. So what does this look like? Before Jesus leaves, he, he dies, he rises from the dead, and then he's gonna ascend into heaven. Before he leaves, it says this in, in the book of Acts chapter one. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He goes like this, when I leave, I'm gonna send you my Holy Spirit who is not only gonna live in you, but is gonna power you. 
live this spirit-empowered life. What I mean is, don't spend your life using a power tool manually. I mean, anybody who does any work, right, you know this is a whole lot easier to use than this. Now, there are some tasks that you gotta use a hand screwdriver because this won't fit everywhere you gotta go, right? But some of us are doing work that requires a power tool manually. And so what Jesus offered is greater things than these. I want to multiply the work I'm doing in the world around me through you. You're not on your own, right? So what this does is it shifts our thinking from spirit-filled life where God is at work in me to a spirit-empowered life where he's working through me. Remember I said, take the, take the pitcher, pour the water in. Now you have a spirit-filled life. When, when water gets knocked out, more water, more filling. This is taking the glass and dropping it in the pitcher. You not just the Holy Spirit living in you, but you living in the Holy Spirit. You baptized in the work of the Holy Spirit. You're in him, not just him and you. And when you're in him, he does what he wants through you. Imagine your life powered by the Holy Spirit. Your life, your, your thoughts, your words, your attitude, your faith, your family, powered by the Holy Spirit. See, he did not send you to live this life in this world on your own. He sent you with a source. I feel like I need to bring up as many illustrations as I could. He sent you with a source, with a power connection so that you could live powered by the Spirit of God. You were not to meant to, you're not meant to do this on your own. And so what does God do? He takes ordinary people, gives us extraordinary gifts by his extraordinary spirit to do extraordinary things that we could not have done on our own. Some of you have heard about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been weirded out by or freaked out by what people call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me first explain. When I talked about you being living a spirit-filled life, I said it was about you but the Spirit-empowered life, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. I mean, your life will show off Jesus. You can tell whether somebody is doing something empowered by the Holy Spirit or by themselves based on who it points to. If it's pointing to them, it's not powered by God's Spirit because God's Spirit always shows off Jesus. So be leery and suspicious of people who claim they're being empowered by the Holy Spirit who are doing things, they're using the gifts of God to show off themselves. It might not be the gifts of God. See, the gifts of God are not trophies. They are tools and they're power tools. The, they are not trophies to be displayed. They are tools to be deployed. You were meant to be deployed. God wants to empower every aspect of your life. He wants to empower your thoughts with spirit-led thinking. So now no longer are you thinking just what you can think on your own manually, 
but he's going to empower you to begin to think the way only the Spirit of God in your life can think. He wants to take you from having a manually powered tongue to a spirit-empowered tongue so that you can begin to speak ways that you could not have spoke on your own. He wants to give you spirit-empowered faith so that your faith gets charged by God's spirit so you can believe for the impossible. He can, he can empower your manual intuition. Some of you ladies, you got a good gift of intuition. But God can empower that so that it becomes discernment. Men, you can even have that. But the point is, I use the tool that's necessary for the task at hand, and then I make sure that I'm not doing manually what God wanted me to do, powered. Imagine what would happen in our world, the world you live in, if you stop doing things manually that should be done powered, and you stop pointing to yourself and started pointing to Jesus. God wants to do an extraordinary work in and through your life. He wants to both fill you and empower you for the impossible work that he's called you to. And the only thing you can do is stay connected to the source of God. Make sure you're keeping your charge and that you're allowing him to both work in you and work through you. So what I wanna do is this, I wanna pray over you. Look, my prayer in of itself doesn't do anything. It's actually your yielding, right? Because God won't force himself on you. God's not gonna make you do something that you don't wanna do. If you're uncomfortable with it, God's not gonna push it. You have to invite him. Holy Spirit, come in my life. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Holy Spirit, empower my life. Empower my words, my thoughts, my strength, my faith. Welcome the Holy Spirit in and through your life. Now let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came, who died on a cross, who rose again from the dead to give us new and forever life. Thank you that you love us that much. Thank you for not leaving us alone, but that you came to us and you're living in us, both to fill and to empower us to live the life that we can only live through you. We welcome you. Right now, we welcome you into this place, in this space. We welcome you into our heart and our lives and our thoughts and our, and our feeling. Holy Spirit, come. We know you won't force yourself on us, and so we invite you. Not just to be present in this place or present with individuals joining us online, but God, that you would come in us and empower us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.